Hey, thanks for listening to the Cascading Beer Podcast. Uh, just before we get into this episode, just wanted to say that this was recorded before the COVID-19 crisis hit and uh, forced the closure of uh, many small businesses around the world, uh, including in British Columbia. At the time of the release of this episode, uh, some businesses are starting to open again. And so uh, if you want to go and visit your local breweries again, be sure to check out their social media accounts and their websites uh, for the latest open hours and policies uh, to attend their tasting rooms. At the moment, it's still really not encouraged to travel widely uh, apart from your local area, but that doesn't mean that you can't spend this time to plan a little holiday once we're allowed to move a little more freely around the Pacific Northwest again. In the meantime, I hope you do enjoy this episode. Have fun, be safe, and remember, support your local. This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BCL Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcltrail.ca. Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. In this podcast series, I profile the breweries around Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence in the international beer scene. If this is your first time here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. And I do hope you subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. That way you'll never miss an episode. And feel free to share it with your friends. That's how this podcast series grows and we help support our local breweries. In today's episode of the podcast, I'm focusing on a single community on Vancouver Island. The city of Port Alberni is located pretty much in the center of Vancouver Island, with the drive time being just over an hour from Nanaimo. I'll be speaking with both breweries who've opened up here in recent years. First up, a brewery who was established in 2016, it's Twin Cities Brewing. My name is Aaron Coline. I am the owner and brewmaster of Twin City Brewing in Port Alberni, BC. Port Alberni. Beautiful. It was a beautiful drive up today. It is a pretty cool drive, especially going through Cathedral Grove Mm -hmm. around Cameron Lake. I mean, a lot neat. of people at the lake today, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only uh, imagine that it's uh, pretty busy in the summertime. Oh yeah, it does. It's basically a highway straight through Port Alberni all the way to Tofino, and it's always mm. got a lot of people making that trip. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, I mean, the question that I like starting off with is, uh, how did beer find you? I think beer was an escape for me during university. I was um, going to. Uh, Vancouver Island University in Nanaimo, and I was doing microbiology and trying to do undergraduate stuff for uh, medical school. And just so happened to find most of my, you know, weekends and evenings hanging out in the pub with friends. And, you know, Longwood was close by. And uh, that was kind of the time where things were really taking off in BC as far as beer goes, especially on the island. Like mm-hmm. Phillips was doing a lot, and um, Hoyne and Driftwood were really just starting to show what they can do. I just was telling someone about all the beers I used to drink and like Red Racer IPA was just like an epiphany, you know, to try that compared to some of the beers that people were used to. Um, So it was like something started to pull me in that direction. And I think it was like the science behind it. Some of the stuff that was like, oh, well, you know, it might be a cool hobby to try home brewing. I wonder if I can make beer as good as some of my favorites that I'm enjoying right now. 
and you know bombers were huge everyone had seasonal bombers coming out and it was like the battle of who could make the coolest new beer um it was it just seemed like a different landscape for beer back then but um looking back it was kind of planting the seeds i think for a lot of people that were like oh man the beer industry is really cool mm-hmm. making beer is really cool it's a fun thing to be a part of the events uh, and just the people involved are just great so uh, i can't speak any more highly than than i do about uh, how great the industry is and and what it's like getting to do events and things with those kind of people but mm-hmm. that, yeah, i think that was it for me it was like something started to kind of tap me on the shoulder going hey you you're really liking this stuff and the, the the stuff that goes into it and i basically decided you know third year into my undergraduate degree i'm like okay i'm gonna finish this degree but med school isn't for me mm-hmm. uh i i it's I just my heart isn't in it and like pretty much decided really quickly after that that i wanted to move back to my hometown where i was born and raised uh, i want to do something cool in the community um, and provide a space for people to enjoy really good beer and hang out and kind of come together as a community and i think that was something that port alberni was was maybe lacking it just all of a sudden sparked this passion i was like oh yeah like port alberni needs a space where people can come together and just hang out and plan the amazing things they're going to do in their community events and fundraisers and things like that like just meeting a friend over a beer and like Mm -hmm. i think i used to say like there's so many times you can look back in history it was like people met over a beer chat about something and it was i've met a lot of cool people over beer yeah it's the small beginnings right for a lot of really cool stuff so providing that space doing something that i was passionate about and really letting people enjoy that and create this welcoming comfortable environment Right. And so like around that time when you're thinking about this, there was just nothing between Nanaimo and Tofino, right? Like, like Tofino brewing was open and then some stuff in Nanaimo and that was it. Right. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, I, I loved what Longwood was doing cause they really, and you know, I, I wasn't involved in the Victoria beer scene too much. So I know Spinnaker's brought a lot of that English style beer, mm-hmm. um, to people and to their community. And, and Nanaimo was that kind of for me, cause that's just, I didn't end up going that far South when I was really getting into beer. So, you know, that, that, introduction to all these english styles and some of the history behind it and uh yeah there, there there wasn't really anything like that and it took a really long time even for private liquor stores uh to pick up on the craft beer trend in port alberni and it's just something we weren't seeing so getting that those crumbs that made you want more uh, and then you could chase down what was really happening in in craft beer Right. So uh, around what time was this? Like how, how many years ago? When you uh, this is about idea? eight years ago. Right. And, yeah. and then from idea till breaking ground, what was that time frame like? That was uh, that was a roller coaster. So, you know, I finished my degree and uh, I started working on a business plan. I was like, you know what? Brewery is what I want to do. Let's start there. I started a business plan. I ended up pouring a lot of time and energy into this thing. It was 30 pages. It was, you know, as much detail as I could think of. I just wanted to be scrupulous. And I realized really quickly that the type of brewery I wanted to be was going to be something that the community got behind, something that they supported and they felt like a part of. So um, what I did is I started a crowdfunding campaign to buy a pilot system. I was using like a Coleman igloo cooler mash tun and a turkey fryer stock pot. Like I was homebrewing the way a lot of people start homebrewing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm, I think my beer's good. You know, everyone around you tells you your beer's good. Cause they like drinking it for free. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> I, buddy. yeah, exactly. Show up at a party with a couple of kegs and people aren't going to tell you it's bad. 
I mean, if somebody doesn't think that uh, you're not their best friend, I mean, yeah. <laughs> when you turn up with the kegs at a party. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, we, we decided, you know what, let's really gauge the community's reaction to this idea. Let's see if they're going to support it. There's, you know, you don't really know what the community's response is going to be like, especially when it comes to an alcohol establishment and what people perceive that to be. So mm. we did this Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign and we're like, you know what, the goal is we're going to raise money. We're going to buy a pilot system that is really like, it's a way for us to build our recipes and hone the skills to make them transferable to large scale. Mm -hmm. And so we can go, okay, we, we're, we're down to the science on this. We know we're making this type of beer. We can easily scale that up and it will work in our community. So the Indiegogo thing was cool. Um, we had over a hundred con con contributors uh, to it. Um, ended up raising over $7,000, which bought this really nice pilot system. Um, people were able to get t-shirts, bottle openers, all sorts of coasters and things like that just for being a part of it. It really helped cement some of the support in what our plan would end up being. Mm -hmm. um, and that was cool because then people knew that it, what we, we basically said what we were going to do. And the community could hold us accountable. And so after that, everything was kind of serendipitous. I mean, we found this space and it just lined up perfectly to buy. So we bought the building. Um, I started doing weekend and evening renos until I thought I was going to go crazy on my own with no money. And, you know, just shopping that business plan around, looking for the right people to be involved with, you know, a fresh out of university student that has never, no, owned, a, never owned a business before, never owned a business, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we were really passionate and we really thought we had a tight plan. So we ended up just getting the right people involved over time. And they, to this day have all been so great to us. Uh, and it helped us get things to the next level. It helped us rethink some ideas that we thought we knew, but maybe we needed to replan a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and by the time we ordered the equipment, uh, I, I was so confident in what we were doing and we opened our doors and just never looked back. Right. And that was three years ago, uh, coming up on the 24th. Oh, right. 24th of March. Yeah. All right. Well, happy early at the time of taping anniversary here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so about that equipment, what is the size of the, uh, brew house back there? Uh, we have a 1200 liter brew system. Um, it is Chinese. We were, like I said, trying to do things in a way that wasn't going to break the bank. We, yeah. we basically were on a shoestring budget opening and we tried really hard to make the most of that. So we did buy from China. We, you know, really did a lot of shopping when it came to our brew house and our, our tanks. Um, I think it worked for us. I don't know if it'll work for everyone, but mm. we just kind of figured, you know what, if, if we're careful enough, if we know what we're, what our equipment does, the limits of it, mm -hmm. we can make good beer if, if we, you know, we're clean enough and we're watching things carefully. So yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, well, like with that system, like what, do you have some challenges? Like if parts are breaking and stuff, like it, has there been like downtime as a result or are you able to resolve that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the one thing is we brought all this equipment in and then it showed up and our electrician told us none of it was certified for use in Canada. Oh. So we had a mini heart attack, but we actually ended up getting someone involved that was able to certify the equipment. They looked at it all and they're like, oh no, this is actually like, these are all parts that are used in North America. It's not like they you mm -hmm. know, 
were using really cheap stuff. Uh, and they're like, yeah, they looked it over. They looked over all the circuits. They looked over everything before it was hooked up and they, you know, put their stamp on it and it was certified. So it wasn't as big of a headache as we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was one of the challenges. I mean, we tried to think ahead and be like, uh, you know, our kettle is electric. So extra elements, please send us spare sets yes. of everything you can imagine. So yeah. we always have something in the back waiting in case we had any issue. Um, but for the most part, we've had a lot of help from places like specific mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been able to kind of augment our needs. So we're still very happy that we have someone local like that that can supply us for things when an emergency arrives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's been pretty good so far. We've been very fortunate. Right. And then uh, the ingredients, where are they coming from? Are, uh, you know, are they being sourced from the island at all? Um, we try to when we can um i mean most of our ingredients are coming from canada malting because it's it's super convenient they have access to so much for us um and we've really been happy with everything we've gotten we do make a couple beers that we we feel are very um like location dependent like so we make a british pale ale and for us it's like no you got to use the imported marisotter and you got to bring in the the hops from from the uk and we just feel like it's just creating that diversity across our beers so that things don't all taste the same. Yeah. Uh, and that being said, we, for a very long time, never did any lagers cause we, you know, we just thought that was what everyone was going to expect. And to us at the time, you know, it wasn't the most exciting thing we could make. Yeah. That being said, we never, we never said we wouldn't. So we started dabbling, um, in some longer term lagering and some cool historic beer styles. And for that as well, we wanted to reach out and get those ingredients from, you know, where they originally were made and malted and, and stuff like that. So, you know, German Pilsners, we're bringing in the German malt to use that. We're bringing in the hops to do that. And we just really want to showcase a variety in, in our beer. I think as a small community brewery, we're kind of in this position where we feel forced to have to do everything good. You know what I mean? Like we can't be the sour brewery. We can't be the Belgian brewery. We can't be the hazy brewery. We're catering to a community that has a lot of diverse tastes and doesn't have access to a huge diverse market. Mm -hmm. And also Uh, tourism dependent too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we take that challenge and we enjoy it. We're, you know, right now, I mean, we've got a sour, we've got a hazy, we've got a Munich Hellas. We've, we've got a lot of different varieties on on our beer list but that's fun that keeps it interesting and we find out the stuff we you know we really like and if it has a cool story behind the style if it has a cool story behind the ingredients um or the technique used to make it like that's exciting to us and we you know relay that excitement to our customers and be like this is why this beer is exciting this is why we're excited to make it um and that's pretty cool to be able to kind of curate that list of beers for the community and yeah, it's been really great. And we've got a lot of new stuff on the way. Um, we're really excited about this, you know, this coming spring and summer where it's going to be pushing our production heavily and, and we're excited for that and, and to really push the limits of the styles we do and how many seasonal beers, you know, we can crank out of our small little brewery. Um, so it's exciting. Yeah. And so then, uh, how was the community's response when you finally opened? The community's response was awesome. I mean, we had people knocking on our door way before we were open and the way with opening a brewery, and I'm sure a lot of people have had this happen to them is it it's this, the goalpost keeps moving as far as when you're going to open. And did you make the mistake of printing a sign saying coming this spring and then you opened in the fall, you know, or we, you know, uh, we said coming soon, which right, I thought right. was, was yeah. appropriate. I don't think by many people's standards, that was really soon by the time we actually opened. Yeah. We really purposely avoided a hard date. Mm-hmm. 
And our idea was when things are perfect, we will open. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be forced by, you know, the, the community. I don't want to be forced by our financial needs. I don't want to be forced by anything to open. I just want everything to be perfect mm-hmm. and us to be happy with it. And, and open with open. more than one or two beers on tap too, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 We were able to open with four, our four core beers on and a full kitchen menu. We didn't, it wasn't like, oh no, food's coming soon. It was like, no, these are the foods we do and we're mm-hmm. doing them just as good as we will in the next couple months yeah. right on day one. Right. In that time, what have you learned from, from the community's response? Oh, so, so much, yeah. so much. I, I think as an owner, I've taken a hardcore, fast crash course on everything you can imagine. I know how to, I know how our pizza oven works mm-hmm. and I know how to, you know, replace parts on that, you know, a lot of plumbing, electrical and brew house related things that I wouldn't have really been technical enough to know it just no i know you know our mill taking our mill apart taking our mm-hmm. heat exchanger apart the things that like you know you, you don't realize but you become an expert on the things that break really frequently or, or yeah. cause you hiccups so there's a lot of that like technical knowledge but i think we have a team now of 19 people here and working with such a dynamic team uh that there's just so many different people they communicate differently they have different needs they they you know they don't all respond the same way uh i mean it's it's a beautiful thing because it's what makes you know our team so lively and like you know engaging for our customers too because we have such deep relationships with a lot of the regulars that come in here but like working with that many people is you know every day is a learning process and it's there's so many opportunities to figure out the best ways to communicate with people and the best ways to tackle any conflicts or issues that arise and it's something every business owner has to deal with mm-hmm. um and i'm really happy with our team and how we really look out for each other and see everything from each other's point of view so that's been really inspiring as well as just this huge opportunity to learn these you know people skills yeah. that you might not have had access to otherwise. So, right. And then what about the beer then? Um, are you packaging anything, sending it anywhere or is it just oh. out of here? Right. Yeah, no, we, we made them the decision really early on, um, you know, with help from a couple other breweries on the Island that really pointed us in the direction of, you know, what model makes sense right now. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was no packaging. So, you know, we were really inspired by those breweries that just work so hard to, keep their local community happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to give a shout out to Cumberland, uh, mm-hmm. brewing company. Um, cause you know, they've been doing this for a very long time. They have such a close knit, uh, community. Um, they have like the mountain biking community over there and they, they're so supportive of each other. And it just builds this relationship where the community loves them and they love spending time there and they love the food. And that was what we wanted. We wanted our local community to support us mm-hmm. and be, we'll be looking out for them and they'll be looking out for us and everything else is just a cherry on top. So, you know, in the, in the tourism heavy season, we're very excited that new people are going to experience things and we love everyone coming and stopping in, mm-hmm. but like we take care of our community and, and they'll take care of us. So that was our model. And that included, you know, if we're shipping pallets of cans or pallets of bombers, like across the province, I think, you know, for some breweries that really works well for us. I think it's a big loss of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I don't know what's going to happen with that beer, how it's going to be stored, how it's going to be perceived. I don't get to talk to the person that's taking a sip 
yeah. and tell them what went into it and why it's cool or why we're excited about it. And it, just that opportunity to have a, to have a conversation and tell a story with people that it, try our beer is something we love. Mm-hmm. So if you come in, you're, we're going to tell you about every single one of our beers. We're going to let you try them. We're going to tell you what went into them. And we love that relationship with our customers. That being said, you know, we have looked into perhaps doing limited runs because we have more and more people that want to take. It's not about us sending it. Mm-hmm. It's about people wanting to take it and show their friends and families and they're going on trips and they can't bring a growler and they would love some. Or they're some, going to the coast and like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or they want to be more, you know, they want to be a little more lightweight when they're bringing beer around rather mm-hmm. than a growler. But so that's something we're looking into. And, um, you know, it might be something that we end up looking at like a crowler option or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are doing the crowler thing. I'm, I'm on the fence about crowlers just cause I'm, I'm so, such a stickler for that. Like mm-hmm. repeatable, consistent, mm-hmm. like low oxygen. I want the beer to be in the best condition it possibly can be. Um, again, cause once it leaves the building, we no longer have control over that experience when someone has the beer. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, I've always liked 473 mil cans mm-hmm. might be something we look at in the future. All right. Cool. Well, and if uh, somebody was wanting to go down the path of opening up a brewery themselves, what would be some advice you could give them? Uh, I think the biggest piece of advice I can I can give is like, who 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 are you doing it for? Is it for the local community? Is it so you can send beer, you know, across BC across Canada, mm-hmm. um, figure out who the people are that you want to keep as your customers and, and, fi- and figure out why. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people now we're getting to the point where there's a lot of breweries and you have to be very careful about what your plan of attack is for opening. What, what need are you filling? Where do you see yourself in the market? Um, are you pushing other people out or are you finding a new spot that isn't being a, a new kind of section in the market that's not being you know met i just think it's it's now the time that we need to be careful about what kind of breweries we open or you know we're going to see more and more closing yeah and uh if somebody was to come and visit port alberni what's one of your favorite things to do around here when you're not here at the brewery oh there's a lot of cool stuff here um we have this is the thing that i always push to people when they come to port alberni if they're making like a trip out of it Something really neat is there is a tugboat that has been converted into a bed and breakfast and it sits down at the harbor and a lovely couple, Dan and Bushra own it. And they do a dinner party where you can buy seats to this like three course, four course dinner. They only see 12 people like a night and it's not like a menu you get to choose from. You just get what they make. And like, she is like classically trained, like French Moroccan chef. And the food is amazing. It's a cool experience. Dan is very into Belgian beers. He's got some really neat stuff in his, in his collection. And it's just always just an amazing time that you wouldn't expect to have Mm -hmm. in a small community like Port Alberni. It's really classy. And it's, it's so weird to be on a tugboat having that experience, but it's very cool. So it's called swept away in. That's something that I always like people to at least do some research on and, and look into it because it's so cool all right well brilliant thanks aaron first double double aaron episode that i've done so aarons yeah you know all right (laughs) thanks so much for your time yeah thanks for having me big thank you to aaron for his time had a great time there and i had a great lunch as well i'm really looking forward to going back and visiting the brewery again
Now, before we continue, the COVID-19 pandemic has radically changed the way we are all living and working, but now we are slowly starting to reopen our small businesses here in British Columbia. Although travel is somewhat limited throughout the province, there's nothing wrong with planning a future trip, and that is what the BC Ale Trail is perfect for. On the website at bcltrail.ca, you'll find recommended itineraries, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. So stay local for now, but as you plan your post-pandemic trip, let the BC Ale Trail guide you. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcltrail.ca. All right, time to check out the second brewery that's located in Port Alberni. I stopped by Dog Mountain Brewing. Andy Richards, president and co-owner of Dog Mountain Brewing. Robin Miles, vice president and head brewer at Dog Mountain Brewing. Oh, right. And Dog Mountain in Port Alberni. Beautiful location. Um, how long have you guys been open for? We opened on December 28th. 2019. Right. So just a few weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. A couple months. A couple months. 10 weeks to be exact. Right. At the time of taping. At the time of taping. Yes. Um, and uh, how long has this project been in the works for? We purchased the building in June of 2018 and then went through our permitting process and renovations and all that. So it took about a year and a half from when we started the planning to opening day. And uh, how did beer find how did beer find you? Well, the very first thing I guess I could say about how beer found us is for Christmas like 2015 maybe, I bought Andy a very low quality Mr. Beer homebrew kit. Oh yes. And he made a terrible Mexican lager. <laughs> and like the stubborn people we are, uh, we drank it and it was really bad. Uh, but it was a lot of fun and we really liked creating beer and uh even before that we both really like drinking beer so yeah i guess that's how this whole project found us i mean that's quite a leap from a mr beer to a brewery so i mean was was there anything in between that yes we were living in alberta for i was there for nine years and i'm from the island so we knew we wanted to move back here at some point and we decided while we were in Alberta that Robin would need something to do when we moved out here and jobs can be a little more difficult to get here. Mm -hmm. So we kind of knew we had to open our own business and we really kind of had like a you know, decision to make on what we wanted it to be and what we wanted to do with our time. And, you know, we love beer and Robin's a scientist. So we kind of decided Robin would go to school and become a brewer. A beer scientist. Well, I have a, a biological science degree from the University of Alberta. And mm -hmm. while I was there, I managed a yeast biotechnology lab. Oh, right. Uh, so I learned a lot about the process, um, just yeast in general, everything about it. And I interacted with a lot of very, very smart people there. So, yeah, I learned a lot there. And then, yeah, I ran a store at the U of A, a central store as well, uh, like a departmental um, inside sales kind of thing. So I had a little bit of sales and um, like purchasing kind of experience mm -hmm. inventory yeah right. yeah and then when we moved um so leaving edmonton we were like well we can't move directly to the island we had no jobs or anything and andy was lucky enough to get a good transfer within his company to like a different section uh to surrey so we moved mm -hmm. to maple ridge yeah which was beautiful but not at all what we were going for like we wanted to move out of edmonton to get to live on the beautiful island and live the island life 
while we were there, Andy worked and paid all the bills. And I went to SFU and I did the craft beer fundamentals program, Mm -hmm. which was fantastic. And while there I met, we both met some really great people through the Van Brewers actually and um, made some connections and I got a job offer at Russell. All right. So I went on as uh, like the third assistant brewer only for maybe four months Mm -hmm. uh, because in that time we were looking for this building and we found it and we moved immediately. We only lived in Maple Ridge for six months and we got the heck out of there. All right. So, uh, so you said from the Island, so Port Alberni is your, is your original home. So I grew up in Victoria, right? So I lived in Victoria till I was 25 and then I was studying to be a heavy duty mechanic. So I went to college at Camosun college in Victoria and kind of decided that, uh, at that time the market, in Alberta was strong in the oil and gas sector. So mm-hmm. I went out there and did my apprenticeship out there in that sector and ended up managing a shop and having a few employees that way and kind of getting my feet wet in the management side there. And then I, I got into sales, selling truck engine parts to truck dealers. Mm-hmm. That was about it. We, we moved out to, uh, out to the mainland and the, the rest, I guess, is history. Right. Yeah. Right. So was there uh, any other communities on the island that you were looking for a brewery spot at? Yeah, we looked everywhere on the island. And like I followed real estate prices in all areas of the island for the entire time I was gone because mm-hmm. I knew we were going to come back. So and then we actually had plans to go to Cumberland and we had a purchase lined up for a building there that ended up falling through. And then we didn't really plan to come to Port Alberni. It was just like here and their building popped up and the price was right. So, you know, we quickly came here and looked at it. And actually the realtor brought me out back and showed me what the view could be from the patio. And just as he was saying the words rooftop patio, it dawned on me that you know, this was the perfect building for us to buy and build a giant rooftop patio on. Right, right. And so. it is a giant rooftop patio. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do you have squeezed in the back there, Robin, in terms of uh, the brew house and stuff? Well, we got a really good deal on some uh, Tiante equipment. So we put in a seven barrel brew house. Uh, it's a three vessel system. So you have a great big HLT that's good for all our hot water needs. Uh, we have five well, I guess you would call them seven barrel fermenters, but we jam as much in there as possible. We often have very messy blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all electric. Um, we had to do some major, major upgrades for the electrical to the building. Mm-hmm. We have 800 amps coming to the building now, wow. but right. Um, right. it's worth it because the system is fantastic. Uh, no makeup air or anything like that. Uh, we have a little test batch system that we love to use. Uh, that's what we were brewing on when we were home brewing too. So it's a little 10-gallon system. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have a lot of fun with that. And then like w- what styles of, did you have a certain style of beer in mind when you were opening? And has that changed since opening? Or? I would say that we decided quite early on, even though there are a lot of really fantastic, you know, crazy beers out there that a lot of people like. Uh, we found when we did our market research that um, the island might be a little bit of a different market. Uh, just based on the breweries that are here, and you can forget about Victoria because they're a totally different animal. Yeah. But everywhere else, craft beer is still quite new, and we didn't want to come up here and assume that everybody wanted to have milkshake IPAs, mm-hmm. which are great, mm-hmm. but it's 
a different market here. So we decided that we really wanted to make beer that people want to drink, mm -hmm. uh, beer that everybody can drink. We do have people coming in here that are like, I drink lucky. What can I have? And we have a really great lager on tap and we plan on having it all the time, yeah. year round, always in the tank. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I guess, our, I don't know, the direction we're taking. Mm -hmm. All that being said, though, you know, Andy just designed a really nice recipe to make a, a dry hop sour this morning, you know, so we are going to be making other beers, but to get off the ground, just a good solid lineup. Um, and a lot of these beers that we have on now, like we have room for 12 taps, uh, we plan on carrying a lot of them, maybe four of them all the time. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say which one's for sure, just because we've only been open for a couple of months, but and yeah, spring tourism season. Hasn't yeah. Hit yet, so. It's going to yeah. be a little different and harder to keep up with, uh, some of the tourists that come in, I think so. Yeah. Are there plans to package your beer or is it just going to serve the tap room? Like what, what are you doing? We're focused mostly on ourselves because we have a small system for brewing and a large capacity on our rooftop patio. Packaged product is definitely secondary for us. Mm -hmm. We've started selling to some hospitality customers. We haven't really chased it too hard. Our thing, I mean, we're new, but our thing is kind of, you know, taking care of ourselves first. And we don't want to sign on a bunch of people on draft accounts and then disappoint them in the summertime when we can't meet that demand anymore. Yeah. So Yeah, because you just haven't experienced that yet. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah ourselves first. And then, you know, if we can, my goal is to have a couple draft accounts in each town along the island, mm -hmm. but we have no plans to like can a bunch of beer and ship it to the interior or trans province or anything like that. Right. We do, however, have a very well used single can seamer that mm -hmm. we canned all of our homebrew stuff in. And a palette of, you know, tall cans and labels that have been approved. So we do have this little fridge here. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be offering cans to go from here only. You know, we are the last spot to pick up any liquor on the way to Bamfield. Right. Right. They got to drive up this road. So we're going to maybe start pushing that here if we can get some cans in the fridge. Um, so I think that would be, a, you know, not making us a whole bunch of money. But I think it's a really good service to offer to people and it'll get them coming back when they come back through. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's only been a few weeks, but how's the community's response been? Really, really good. Yeah. yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, we're just so happy with how the community has embraced us. And, you know, we weren't from here. We came here specifically to do this project and it's been really great. While we were doing construction, we would have people driving by yelling at us and like honking their horns. And, you know, it's such a great community you know, when you come to a small town like this, they really embrace you and you're probably not going to get your picture in the paper in Vancouver if you open another brewery. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's been really great here. Right. And then uh, along with your beers, um, you do have this kitchen in the back. Uh, what are you serving up out of the kitchen? We have a fairly simple but delicious menu. Our mainstay is our donair mm. that we make ourselves in house. And, um, so we have the donair, we have a bunch of grilled sandwiches and like a stir fry Buddha bowl mm -hmm. and pretzel and beer cheese. It's all really good stuff. Like butcher quality meats, bakery breads, mm -hmm. you know, local, really local produce. Mm -hmm. So sweet. Yeah, it's great. I do want to say that we do have vegan and gluten-free options. Mm -hmm. So that was something that as we were opening, 
people on social media and friends were telling us we needed to do all this stuff. You know, everybody's full of all this advice and you're like, Oh my God, like stop. Like I need (laughs) to plan the business. And we thought that people were, I didn't believe that we would have as many like vegetarian people or vegans or people that needed gluten-free. And so I'm really glad that we did listen to a few of those people. Uh, so we do have those options now and it turns out it's quite important to have, Oh yeah. um, you know, Andy and I both are meditarians. Um, so it was one of those things where I was like, nobody will want a vegan sandwich. Well, it turns out they do. So I think, uh, that's good to know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Totally. Um, and then, so like the, the patio is like not a hundred percent done yet, but, uh, how many, how many people can you get up there and are there going to be any attractions in the summer that you're doing up there? Yeah. So we have a capacity of 124 on the rooftop patio. We currently have seating for 50 to 60. We have kind of integrated some benches around the outside and we have a bunch of picnic tables under cover. Mm-hmm. It's about 40% covered and heated. Right. And then we're in the process of building seating for another about 40 people. So we should comfortably seat our capacity of 124, mm-hmm. whether or not we allow it to get to that <laughs> and yeah. are able to serve enough beer and food for that many people comfortably is Yet to be determined. Yeah. And I should know there is a downstairs bar and an upstairs bar. So you don't have to keep going up and down, up and down. So yeah, yeah, it's, it was really the focus of our project was building that rooftop patio. And we almost, well, we definitely put far more into building the patio than we did the interior of the building. <laughs> right. So the interior is kind of utilitarian and the patio is like very nicely finished mm-hmm. and rustic you know, finished wood style. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a bar with the same 12 taps as we do in the tap room. We have two bathrooms. We have the provisions for live music, which is going to be a staple of the summertime. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be great. And the sunset is like right on your patio too. Yeah, the sun sets directly in front of us and we have a view of the Alberni Valley and the inlet that is absolutely stunning. Yes, yes it is. So uh, if somebody was to come here and visit, uh, what would be the experience you want them to leave with? Like, like what that, that idea stuck in their mind? Wow. Um, that's kind of hard to say. We've had a lot of people come through and they come in the tasting room and they, it's full and they're a little disappointed. And then once we say, oh, well, there's room on the patio and everybody is very surprised. And they go up there and like nowhere to lie, everybody is amazed. They walk around that corner from the stairs and they see the cover and the the lighting and the tables and, you know, we really, we really hit that out of the park, I think. Yes. And so for us, like, I want people to come here and have, you know, frankly, maybe some low expectations. The, you know, it doesn't look extraordinary down here. You know, our draft tower is pretty cool down yeah. here. Um, it's a very creative but, menu too. So yeah. You know, wall, yeah. but then I want them to be, to leave amazed, you know, they're going to go upstairs and they're going to be like, what? And then, you know, then they get table service. So that's a different thing we do upstairs too. We really are focused on customer service up there. Yep. Um, you know, not standing at the bar, waiting for your drinks and things like that. Like sit down, get comfortable, mm-hmm. enjoy the view. We'll bring you beer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want them to leave surprised to be like, they never expected this because there's nothing else like it here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not very many places like that like specifically our patio mm-hmm. on the island. And uh, we really tried to be different and we want people to leave remembering that and thinking that. So. Yeah. Well, cool. And uh, if somebody was wanting to open up a brewery themselves, that uh, would be some advice that you can give them. I would say 
find a community that you know is going to embrace you and maybe doesn't have a lot of breweries in it already and choose a spot that is in the worst location that you can find so that you get a good deal on your real estate yep. and try to buy the building. That has been kind of the footing of our business. It's allowed us to have more stable and favorable loans. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, going to build you wealth over the long term. And it's just a better investment than making some landlord rich in downtown Vancouver. Yep. And uh, Robin, so as a yeast specialist, do you have any special strains back there that you haven't used yet or any particular uh, yeast that you're going to work in the mix here? Well, I don't know. I, I would just say that we're very lucky that um, we were able to modify some of our recipes that we had already mm -hmm. been, you know, homebrewing and test batching and use a lot of the new Norwegian strains that are out there. Um, I, it's hard for breweries that are already established, possibly... You know, like tasting rooms haven't been around, like the lounges for a very long time, and they're all stuck doing a lot of production. So they can't just change their recipe and use a yeast that is, you know, <laughs> makes your beer grain to glass in like five days. Yeah. Right. So we're doing um, a lot of work with the different quike strain, strains, really having a lot of fun with that. But other than that, not really. Like we're, uh, there's nothing really weird back there. We're staying away from things like Britannomyces. Uh, we try to have, like I said, like a lot of like very clean, sessionable beers, low alcohol, and God forbid we did get an infection. Um, it's just not, we're not interested in doing that. Yeah. Um, if it's a very tiny space. It'd be rampant quickly yes, back there. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, we have a very strict cleaning protocol. We, it, you saw it. It's tight yeah. back there. You got to keep things clean and organized. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you too. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And, uh, Definitely going to come back when the patio is completely finished Yeah, and really enjoy that. But I mean, I'm going to enjoy it now in the sunshine. I mean, I'd be ridiculous if I ran away. So Awesome. Right on. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks to Andy and Robin for their time. Really appreciate it. It was a beautiful day there. And that was such an awesome patio. I cannot wait to go back and uh, see that patio fully done and be able to enjoy the view and just look down the valley with some really nice beer and uh, something from their awesome kitchen as well. Really looking forward to going back and visiting both Twin City and Dog Mountain Brewing. Just before we go, I want to thank the BCL Trail again for making this episode possible. Check them out as well as the, their new app at thebcltrail.ca. If you like what you heard today, I do hope you hit subscribe wherever you've been listening to this podcast. And uh, if you want more details about uh, other breweries, past episodes, anything of that matter, uh, go to the website, cascadian.beer. Thank you so much again for your time and listening to this podcast series. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.